Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick, and I am confused to be here today. <laughs> I'm Rob Schulte, and I'm wearing a paper mache mask. <laughs> Look, we're brothers. We're hideously deformed and terrifying ghost brothers. Which then... Do I so since you and Peter have the paper mache mask? Do I get the mask that was put on the dummy? Is that is that the third <laughs> no, one? No, but you do get the hat. Okay, you get the bucket hat. and the and so. the and the speedo goggles. That I would have thought you and yeah. uh, Rob would have the masks. Oh, because we're both Robs. <laughs> yeah, you put two Robs. Peter's just that that angry dog chasing us. Apparently, That's right? And I get shot with the cross bolt in, in case. No, no. <laughs> so, you know, we've mentioned a lot of clues. Rob, you picked this movie today. You wanted to let everybody know what, uh, what it is? Yeah, biggest clue of all, the title of the episode, we watched The Good Son from 1993. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like circa right after Home Alone 2, I believe, or Home Alone 1, I forget. Or, yeah, after Home Alone 1, during Home Alone 2, That's what it was. I believe. Um, but it's very interesting because, I don't know, if we're going to talk about punchability or um, where we were when we first saw this movie, like I am kind of at a loss because it feels like a movie that has always been with me. Really? But uh, I can elaborate on that after I find out um, the, rating? the rating system. We don't. We don't have people wait to the end of the episode for our rating system. No, no. no. They get it right up top by director extraordinaire Rob. <laughs> well, I got to say today's rating. I would say this is a. I wouldn't say it's a punch yourself in the face movie, but I definitely say it's a smack yourself in the face movie because, you know what? We talked about it on our uh, crossover episode with uh, Social Happy Hour Live, uh, mm-hmm. and we. Um, we talked about uh, the range of Macaulay Culkin that is actually shown in this movie. And I feel like, you know, you look at this movie from the perspective of like when he was a kid doing Home Alone, he was just this likable kid. And all of a sudden he's got this contrast. So I feel like people should watch this movie also because Elijah Wood, man, like he's yeah. great in this movie. So I would say it's a smack yourself in the face movie. You're not missing out much if you don't see it, but it definitely offers you something extra if you do. Interesting. Yeah, I'll say this. Like, if this isn't the movie for you, you can watch the trailer and be perfectly fine right. with not seeing this movie. Like, you you get it. Like the acting ranges and stuff. But it is a it's a it's a journey. Peter, had you seen this before? Uh, I did not actually. Yesterday was the first time I've ever seen The Good Son. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, been a, how many hours uh, later? Twenty four hours at this point. <laughs> Since I've seen The Good Son. Um, Fresh. I have a lot Fresh. to say about it. Um, you have two actors, right? Uh, one, you can tell why he was chosen to be Frodo Baggins in Lord right. of the Rings. Uh-huh. I kept thinking that the whole yeah. time I was watching. I'm like, this I'm little like, fucker turns into Frodo. Yeah, I'm like, is this a prequel <laughs> to Lord of the Rings? <laughs> and then, But then you, I can understand why they chose McKelly Culkin to play like this devious kid because he already played a devious kid in two previous films in a sense. I mean, like, Oh, really? Yeah. Home oh, alone. you're saying home alone home one alone. And two, yeah. you know what I mean? He was a little bit more devious. So you can see that, you know, his face looks a little bit prankster ish. 
You know, he was so pretty I, devious in Uncle Buck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of always <laughs> so, been like so a troublemaker kid, I this guess. This movie, I can understand it because this movie just kind of, okay, well, you know what? He's already been devious, devious, devious. Why don't we just push it to uh, Omen status and make him the little antichrist that he is? <laughs> yeah, um, I think that Macaulay Culkin's dad apparently had a lot to do with him getting this role. Really? And, like, yeah. Wanting to show his son's range. Wasn't, but, uh, uh, wasn't the girl who plays his sister also his sister in real life, I believe? I, I remember seeing yes, that. Yeah. And the Honey, yeah. picture the picture of the younger brother. Rory Culkin? I believe it was Rory Culkin. Right, yeah. right. It's all the, uh, all the Culkins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I should probably read this VHS tape that I still have. I think you, I family. think you definitely should. I'm not uh, surprised that you have that. VHS. Where, where did you? Yeah, where did you come across that VHS tape? This is one of the ones that, uh, you know, we're going inter- to introduce some lore into the podcast today, y'all. You know, I, I can't believe I've never introduced him before, but my uncle, who had the majority of the VHS tapes that I have inherited, was Uncle Hud, oh. Jerome. Jerome Hudson. Did you have an we evil cousin? Uncle Hud. Did you have an evil cousin? I did not have an evil cousin, but <laughs> he did have an evil satellite dish. Oh. So wow. <laughs> there was a lot of craziness going on at old Hud's house. And I found and dusted off the good son. Um, the back of this box is very weird because I, I never do this, guys. But there's a description of the movie, but there's also, I have to describe it. Three pictures in rectangular boxes, one of Elijah Wood, one of Macaulay Culkin and the woman who plays his mother, and then one of Macaulay Culkin and uh, Connie in the ice. And then over that is the mom, Elijah Wood, and Macaulay Culkin hanging from the cliff, but it's all in shadows. Wow. You could tell it's three people. Who the hell other three people is it going to be? Could we use that um, as the post for this thing, for this review when it comes out? Yeah, we're going to have to. Please, we're going to have to. I have to. no idea what. So anybody listening yeah. in, just go to uh, Magical at the Movies on IG or my IG or any of the Rob's IG. And yes. uh, you'll find out what Rob Schulte is talking about. It's just weird anyway here's what it says henry evans is a rambunctious playful youngster whose angelic smile hides dark secrets and a love of deadly games his loving parents and adoring sister would never imagine the thoughts or deeds henry is capable of only a young cousin mark who comes to visit the family can see the evil behind henry's smile an evil that may put all their lives in danger. Mark tries to warn the family about Henry, but they refuse to believe him. And soon it's Mark that has the family come to fear. Unless he can show them the true nature of their good son, Mark will have to battle Henry by himself in a contest petting good against ultimate evil. Wow. (laughs) Well, apparently... This uh, was a book before it was a movie. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. I'm trying- it seems like this is a, a a story that's been told over and over again, too, which is kind of fun, you know? Well, it, you know, what's funny about this movie is that um, uh, it's it takes place in the 90s, which is like the 50s. We've talked about this before. It's like the white picket yes, fence yes. kind of very quaint little town where you don't expect anything not, uh, bad to happen. And um, 
<laughs> the parents, you know, uh-huh. kind of just like letting their kids run around wherever they, I mean, I'm just like, wait, yeah. kids just are allowed to do that. I thought the same thing when I was watching, I was like, Oh, back in the days where kids just were like, Hey, just run around town. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, was well, that the and 90s? I think kids still do that. They just don't do it because they have cell phones. Um, I feel like we used to run around all the time in my neighborhood in the Midwest, mm-hmm. but yeah, you guys are right. I don't. Did you see when it you, when you were anymore. ten years old? Did you guys leave? Uh, have a babysitter or? Well, that was the other thing, right? Like the parents leave and like my girlfriend was saying the same thing. Like, why don't they have a babysitter? Oh, like watching them? Yeah. When they go to the banquets, not just like hanging out in the bluffs. Right. Um, Like, why wouldn't they have a babysitter? Three young kids. Like, they could have an accident. You know what I mean? Like, especially if their youngest brother died in an accident in a tub. Uh huh. Not to mention the kid who's over there. They haven't seen in 10 years. And he's going through trauma. He's going through trauma. Like, even if their kids are old enough to not have a babysitter, they're not, which we've already eliminated all of these issues. Like, uh, maybe just have someone there to make sure trauma is not uh, (laughs) doubled down upon. Uh, Exactly. Which it is. I totally get it. Um, Well, so guys, when I first saw this movie, I actually saw it with my cousin told me about it right because i had seen the trailer and i was like oh what movie is this and then my older cousin she uh a couple years older than me she saw it and she kind of described the movie to us right and i was like oh so Mm. it's like a bad movie because i was a kid you know 1993 you know i was like i wanted another home alone movie right (laughs) so i went to go and she kind of described what was going on so we went to go see it like with her and i just remember thinking like the tone of this movie the look of this movie was so gray and bleak and dark even for the time back then because you see it in contrast with home alone which is so much more upbeat or whatever i remember there was just such a big disconnect as like this movie had like a mythological presence to me like like elijah wood and macaulay culkin kind of look like they could be cousins for real you know what i mean like yeah it's kind of like and i'm sure this is because of other movies that came out around the same time but like i i think that this feels like a modern day quote 1993 like huckleberry finn tom sawyer sort of story that goes bad like black mirror yeah yeah and and so like i think when i watched this as a youth like i probably watched this at the age of elijah wood in this movie um and i felt like i could handle it like i was like okay this is not for kids but i get it it's Mm -hmm. not like terrifying right. it's just right, like oh right. he's bad it was never uh, it was never i never thought it was a scary movie i just thought it was like no. it was weird to see but i think part of it sorry that yeah. like ties into me is like like that adventure nature like i want to be able to build a oh, yeah. fucking bolt gun or a tree house or right. a, you know have yeah. a have all of these secret things that only like a kid could have with the access. But to that, that that's my but, point, right? Like when I saw yeah. Home Alone, I thought the same thing. I wanted to have a tree house like he did, and he'd be like smart. Like like I saw Home Alone when I lived in Venezuela, which the culture is vastly different from American uh, culture. Which I thought like Home Alone is such a slice of like 
Americana, like like the traditional white picket fence look that I wanted that. So when I saw the good son, it was like, well, he still has that. He but like he lives in Maine, I guess. But it's just a like, dude, he's a completely different guy. Like he's just this yeah. cold, heartless, evil kid. And there was something about that presence that that stuck with me. Not to mention the beautiful visuals of Maine in this movie, by the way. I why, so why, cool. well, going back to Maine, why is it that all of these – like Stephen King, all he does is uh, Maine. Yeah. Everything happens in Maine. What, what is, is it about there? Maine? He, I think Stephen King is just from there, and he likes to write okay. from Yeah, but I mean it just seems like all these uh, all these horrific stories come out of Maine because why? It's so quaint up there and so nice, and uh, everyone wants to go up there, and all of a sudden it's like – there's something dark hidden underneath. What is what is happening? Well, recently I watched for Pumpkin Spice podcast. I watched What Lies Beneath, and that takes place in Vermont, right? Which uh, Maine. I feel like is is like Maine Junior, yeah. You know, yeah. or like, um, and I think there is something to be said about an area that can like have fog and sun and blue skies all in the same day, but yeah. also like deep shadows from tall trees. Like mm. it's a different type of eerie yeah. when you're in like East coast woods, than you are in like an urban environment or the desert or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. And like you are making a point when you're making a spooky movie. Cause let's face it, this is spooky. It's more of a thriller than horror. Yeah, it like, is a yeah, it's a thriller. But I mean, it reminds me a little bit of Twilight, you know. Yeah, well, the area, yeah. yeah. But the the contrast of it is that you know, like Henry's, uh, sorry, um, Mark's coming from like Arizona desert. Yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden he's going to this bleak, like so it's like a stark contrast of where yeah. he's from and stuff. But like even me, like I like that house is beautiful. Like I was like, oh, man, right, I yeah. want to be in that house. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, that's cool, man. And like all of a sudden it's like this. I don't know. Like, I just remember thinking the good son had this, like when I think of it, it still has this kind of mythological presence to me where I was like, wow, this was like a movie that hung outside of the normal balance of movies that I'm used to seeing. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember, but it's not like a huge hit, you know, like it might've been made decent money at the time, obviously because of, like Macaulay Culkin, but like I think it was rated R. This isn't a movie people are like, oh, you should go watch The Good Son, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody, everyone kind of watched it in secret. I think. I mean, like, look at me. This is the first <laughs> yeah. time I, I've been. What I saw both of the Home Alones when I was that age. I did not see The Good Son until yesterday. It, it was actually a hit, guys. So the budget was seventeen million. It actually made in the box office sixty point six. So wow, back from wow. That's a yeah. Huge I mean, wait, wait, like, six six. I definitely 16. believe point six. So 60.6 so it's missing a six yeah it, it grossed 12.5 million during its opening weekend wow wow so i mean it well, was a hit for the time i think it's just because McCall. yeah i mean like i'm not denying that it wasn't a hit at the time what i'm saying is it doesn't seem to have like lasting power oh yeah yeah because, it's one of those you know because it disappears you, you can tell it was made in the 90s definitely yeah it's like uh a movie we will never uh review on this podcast the last supper um it's like wait how did this movie ever even exist um and i think it loses itself with all of you know like you look at 1993 macaulay culkin the first thing you think of is home alone i mean like if anything maybe sure. in the 90s richie rich you're like oh yeah but like people forget that he even made that movie. yeah um i have a question for you peter yep. just because you you know uh mere hours ago experienced this did it feel dated to you yes. at all? Did it 
It did yeah, feel like it, it was felt, 90s because like for me, it just felt like this is the movie. Well, no, yeah. I mean, but it did feel dated. It felt I mean, like, um, how do you say it? It felt like every other movie from the 90s, even down to the mm-hmm. music, the look. The That's location. what felt dated to me was the music. The music felt dated because it felt like, you know, <clears throat> from the 90s, it, uh, you know, because there were I could point out a few different movies that, that had that same type of Cindy soundtrack. Yeah. Of- strings yes Mm -hmm. and then of course the Mm -hmm. look of it it, you know it looks like it looks like a few movies from the 90s you know it has that interesting cinematic quality to it on this you know the 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 film quality that it has it's just like looking at a movie from the 70s you know they have that uh really uh burnt film look to it you know uh this Mm -hmm. one did have that film quality and um yeah that's why it felt a little dated to me uh one of that makes sense yeah one of the things that did cross my mind, though, when I was watching it was, um, where are the parents in this kid's life? And and, <laughs> and and how are they letting him act like that? I mean, like, you know, like, well, I, I think, don't know. I think it goes back, like, when you asked about it being dated, I think it, like, honestly, though, like, in reality, the 90s was a, was a much different time. And, yeah. like, things kind of slipped, like, it, I guess parents were less they had to be less attentive because of the times like kids could run around a neighborhood like that. And they weren't going to get like abducted or anything like that. Like it was different uh-huh. in my opinion. But the other thing like though the 50s. is, yeah, it was a different time. And depending well, on the and towns, it's also what's presented to us on screen. Like yeah. what story are they telling? Right. Us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, I could run around like my neighborhood and stuff like that or do certain things. Like maybe I wouldn't get out as far as those kids did, but like, for example, how does Henry get to the hospital to see Connie while his mom is there? Like, no, like, like, like yeah, did no he drive idea. all of a sudden? Like, yeah, that, that was the, yeah, oh, exactly. I came to see Connie. Like, what? Like, how are you getting like, home? Did you, did you take an Uber that didn't exist back then? Like, how are you getting yeah. home? How, how did he get home after he tried to suffocate yeah. his sister? How did exactly, he get home? Exactly. Like, that you was know? one thing. But, but in my opinion, like, it didn't actually feel dated to me other than, like, really, like, the music. Um, and some of the like film language in terms of like the transitions and stuff like that, but like the movie still kind of holds up in tone for me. I don't know if you guys felt that. Yeah, I thought it did. I think there are certain aspects of it that didn't hold up for me on this viewing, and it could just be where I'm at in my life, yeah. you know. Um, but let's talk about that after we take a quick break. Hey, it's Magic Roth Movies with Rob and Rob. I'll let you guess which one is which. Now, guys, updated. It's 2021. We're watching The Good Son. It's oh, the thing is almost what thirty years old. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, it's crazy to think about, but uh, this time around, more things jumped out to me, and I will watch The Good Son again. Don't don't get me wrong. Before I say. Yeah. This is a movie that I could pop on and, you know, whatever. Uh, like, uh, uh, what's the Christmas movie I had us the with John Lovitz? That one. Oh, well, this is like that. But, yeah, like Trapped in Paradise, but for thrillers. For okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and more on that later. But uh, one thing I don't like in the like kid is bad guy genre. Um, is that why are all of these like 11 year olds like super smart and like adults, you know, like, yeah, yeah. 
But I don't like that. Like even kids who in real life grew up to be bad people and showed, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer, like, oh, when he was a kid, this, that, and this happened. Like he was still a kid, you know, like, and that's what's weird. It it, it feels like if you're evil, you're automatically thinking cognitively as if you're 55 years old. Well, I get I want to I want to just debate that a little bit with you guys because I I Ooh. struggle with the same thing right I understand where you're coming from Rob and I totally see it because I thought that watching the movie but at the same time I'm like well let me just kind of go back for a second these kids are what like 11 12 years old mm-hmm. maybe you know what I mean they're right on the cusp of turning 13 I look at my cousins uh, that are young like I have uh, two older cousins that are roughly around that age they're, they're just past that threshold and they're actually pretty smart kids it's like you know. I, I don't I don't know if I because, you know, it's a blur when you look back, but I wouldn't put certain things past them. Also, I feel like, granted, the filmmakers have to tell a story. So there's got to be that plausibility that True. they're capable of that. But I feel like McCoy Colgan, yeah, like his manipulation tactics are a mm. little advanced for his age. But at the same time, I'm like, the kids do sh- that shit all the time. Well, like they will blame something on you. I'm going to but uh, I'll, I'll counter that right now. Yeah. I, my nephew is. 10 years old right now yeah um you can always tell when a kid's making something up (laughs) yeah yeah they're not good at manipulation manipulation comes with years of experience like you You don't just become emperor palpatine overnight yeah no i agree but i that is true i think that they i'm with you rob on that one because it does stick out to me but i also think the filmmakers did a good job of making it plausible enough where it's believable that this kid if he's capable of doing the horrendous acts that he's done, he's kind of capable of being able to f- execute it mentally, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I can, I can see what you're, what you're saying. I just, uh, I just think that like, it's done decently in this movie. Yeah. But the only other thing that didn't really do it for me this time was that like, it did feel like once you got, so you could see the set pieces of the film. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, first 20 minutes we set up, mom's dead, kids doing this, then we get to the house. And it's like, well, that could have been done in about 30 seconds. And then we get like a series of vignettes of like, Macaulay Culkin's bad. You, you might have been on the fence, but here's another bad thing he did. Right. And here's a bad thing. And now we're at the school play and another bad thing is going to happen. And I felt like some of them were really good. um, And some of them were just like, okay, when are we getting to that cliff scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, one one that worked, for example, for me was when they go to the well and he pulls out the cigarettes, right? Like, like he lights it and just offers it like, he expects him to take it and and it's kind of like see that's a kid thing to that's do. a kid like, thing to do was, and like, i, I, I the, believe yeah. that you yeah. know and it, it's yes. a really good introduction of like well this kid might not be as uh good of an egg as he might seem to be well you know? but but creating a bolt action crossbow <laughs> we're talking about McCoy with a rolls royce scope he's the MacGyver. oh kid. yes okay <laughs> see that's why that's why it's believable because he, <laughs> he fought off two criminals twice right. made it through home alone and lost to new york yeah so yeah it's believable for macaulay culkin but i mean i remember trying to make certain things when i was a kid and it's just like it falls apart 
you're going to need to be a, like a, a yeah. you know mechanical engineer to figure out how well, to it kind of bugged me though like when his mom goes searching in the shed and finds the rubber ducky right he comes in he's like what are you doing and it's like kid who the fuck has a shed that has tools yeah. in it to like and that you have the balls also, it's your mom exactly to tell your mom like what are you doing in my shed woman the, the woman the problem the woman would probably <laughs> like slapped him across the face took him by the hair and take him back to the house and she seemed flustered yeah. that he yeah, was asking exactly. she should have been like what do you mean like I'm, this is my shed kid like yes. what are you like no, what are you kidding. doing in my shed no you mean my shed boy <laughs> I mean, like that. That's this is made guy. from my old furniture pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, she finds part. a she finds a rubber ducky, and then she's flustered with him. It's all like, wait a second. No, we're gonna go have a little chit chat, boy. Yeah, but you I know? will say, uh, yeah, his performances. Like, while Macaulay's got some flat moments because he does, even in Home Alone, just the way that he talks. But mm-hmm. like, there, <gasps> there was take it back. There was <laughs> no part in of this that like I. Like I believed his performances, especially when he the rubber ducky, and he's like, "It was mine before it was his." The way he whispers that, some some subtleties of his performances, like even when he says the infamous "Don't fuck with me" line, which I had to rewind a few times because that was epic. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Don't fuck with me. He he oh actually delivered God, that. Like man. he was like he the kid has range, man. Like, where now the adult, because, you know, he's our age, but, <laughs> you yeah, know. Well, I mean, like, you know, he's really cleaned himself up. He's like, yeah, his haircut. And, oh, yeah. Remember, yeah, he was looking like a hippie for a minute there. Yeah. You know, and then. Oh, all, yeah. Well, weren't we all, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I still kind like of. Pirates. If I oh. let myself go. <laughs> did you guys ever see that, like, YouTube short that he did where, he, like, he's in the back of a taxi or mm-hmm. a car and he's got long hair and he's smoking a cigarette and he's talking about what really happened? <clears throat> With the burglars as home, like he's actually Kevin. Oh, I remember that. And he's like yeah. fucked up, and he's like cursing and smoking and talking about this horrible thing, and you're just like, what? That was a little weird, man. I loved it. Um, <laughs> I love everything he's doing. Also, congrats, he's a dad now, oh, yeah, and that's awesome. Holy uh, Culkin, I would love to have him. He did some stuff for CatCon uh, uh, podcast. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Peter. That would be amazing. Um, Guys, I uh, I was going to say some other things because I didn't want to just dwell on the negative. Yeah. Because um, there is a lot of things that, that do work for me. And you guys have kind of said it already, but I just want to like really hammer it home. Please do. That th- this is like a bizarro Home Alone. Yeah. That is my right. biggest note. Right. Like down to the music you hear at the beginning of this thing. You're just like, wait. This is almost downright whimsical right, until right. it starts getting evil. Like and the, like the credits, the credits the look like credits, kindergarten yeah. cop credits, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those, those opening credits, though, they were like they were kind of off putting because you're like, you see, you know what the story's all about. You see the poster and then all of a sudden you have these whimsical credits. You're like, oh, they are throwing you for a loop on this one, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I like I also I don't know. I've got it here in front of me. The director. um, uh, Let's see here. Uh, Joseph Rubin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what production told Joseph Rubin. (laughs) And he he looks like he's done a few things, but mostly 80s and 90s guy. Um, Money trained, sleeping with the enemy. You know, that's where he made his millions. Um, I feel like they did say, can you mimic Chris Columbus? Mm, Right. And I don't think he could. 
I don't think you should. You know what though. I mean? Like, I, I don't like... think. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. But I bet you the powers that be wanted this to look even more like Home Alone than it did. You know, interesting because I the one thing that really stands out to me about this movie is the tone, like yeah. the like the dark mm-hmm. grittiness of it. Uh, I do want to mention one last thing where like Elijah Wood also, by the way, is phenomenal in this movie, the way that he acts like like and, and like my girlfriend and I were thinking like, you know, she was like, I just don't get how kids can do that. Right. Which, again, falls on the mm-hmm. argument of them being like so smart in the film, because it's like, well, if these kids can act that way, you know, what I mean, they may have that in mm-hmm. them to actually be that way. Here's the only thing that it stood out to me as a little cheesy was Elijah Wood's phone call to his dad felt a little yeah. borderline i know what you did last summer call uh-huh. Uh-huh. where he's like someone's trying to kill somebody dad and he won't bl-. and it was like and he's pacing and it's like it's like all right like this seems a little too adult for this kid. and that's like isn't that followed by the like food poisoning scene too well he goes to Which the therapist like- and then henry's there yeah manipulating the therapist like that's a very like heightened amount right before the conclusion well, of this the, well the thing like, is is that you know like the therapist a, a therapist that's worth their salt a kid coming into the office and being and and and, and just running their mouth about another kid like oh he wants to kill someone the therapist is going to be like uh-huh tell me more and they're going to start yeah. looking at the kid like wait something's going on with you Something's happening yeah. behind those eyes. Oh, and somehow any therapist, like, uh, any therapist that's worth their salt is going to be like oh really okay so um what are you saying about that? You know, <laughs> it's also like one of those things where people, especially at this time in cinema, they really thought that they could like pull one over on the audience. If you can be like, Oh, well we all trust, we all trust therapists. And if this therapist is duped, then this is a really scary situation. Exactly. Yeah. Know? Well, I got and a question. It's like, that didn't last long. Uh, <laughs> should yes. should the therapist have even been in the movie? Well, they needed they needed someone in the movie that would give uh, that would be able to be blinded too by 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 Henry. By Henry, yeah. What, what do you That's think? The point? I think that like there needs to be some sort of therapist in this movie, like in the sense that like it would be insane for this kid who just lost his mom to not be like talking to someone when their dad's out of town. Right. Right. right you know, right. Um, but like, I don't think it was you. This there movie, was, I just feel like well. it, it was underutilized. Cause I feel like yeah. that should have been, it's not realistic of voice of Mark expressing what's going on. Like he does bring it up. Like what if there was this boy and she's like, I don't believe in evil. And they make it like, it's like the setup. That's Which going is also somewhere. weird. Right. Because like, a therapist doesn't believe in evil. Like I, I, you could say you don't believe that like evil people exist, but to say that people don't make evil decisions from time to time is insane as a therapist. Or she yeah, could because, say, I don't believe in young evil, like a little kid being evil. Well, by this or point, the devil. By this point or of, uh, in history, you already had Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahl. I mean, you could go th- down the yeah, list. Exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but you know what this movie was? <laughs> We've already re- reviewed a movie like this, by the way, guys. It's called Midsummer. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. you, have, you have a you have someone going through a little bit of trauma and having to go to a safe place, right? To to deal with said trauma, right? And encountering something that is uh, 
Ah, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. It was like, wow. Yeah. You know, what, what was it? I missed it. Oh, I just uh, gave Peter a knowing glance. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I mean, it's kind of similar in a lot of, you know, except for like the bear suit. And, yeah. You know. Well, I wouldn't yeah. put it past Henry to put him in a dog suit. Yeah, know? exactly. By the way, well, it's true. How much shit has this kid thrown down that well is what I want to know. <laughs> Dude, you know, they, Dude. The, so, so the positives of it are like, you know, at some points in time, uh, Henry does act like a kid. I mean, the kid does not know that throwing a dog, a dead dog, down a well is going to poison contaminate the, well. the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My no God. Kidding. People are going to start getting sick in that town, yeah. holy, including Henry. Yeah. It, Disturbingly frightening. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was like, he threw the dog down there. He threw the rubber ducky down there. He had the cigarettes. So like, I'm like thinking, I'm like, what else has this kid thrown down this you well? Think? to get rid um, of the evidence you yeah know? fun little note guys the cigarettes that they smoked was a, a hollowed out cigarette that was filled with like parsley and lettuce no kidding Ew, wow that feels like that must which be. is like okay we'll let them smoke these leaves ah! but not other leaves <laughs> well, I, you know what i, I mean remember like they're fake, still smoking fake cigarettes i think in movies are usually filled with cloves yeah Something like that. There's yeah. no yeah. tobacco. But I, I wonder if there's something harmful. even more different with children. Yeah. You know? Well, how do you, that's yeah. an interesting point, Rob. I didn't even think about that. Like, how do you bring that up to unions? I was like, yeah, there's a scene where kids have to smoke. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all in. They have regulations for all that yeah. shit. Well, that's yeah. why this movie was so what, rated R. It, back in the day, uh, I think it was, man. It's like yeah. PG-13 now. I mean. Com- the original cut of this movie in the UK cut the whole uh mr highway scene really really yeah because like see someone did do that at, well oh, that's very okay. believable to me that a kid would do yeah. something like that like that's like yes yeah you yes. know but then but here's the thing the kid would get caught you know it's not like all oh, a master and like escape it's like uh someone's gonna be looking up and see two kids there yeah you know? it's well i mean they kind of alluded to that but they got away pretty easily yeah it, although looking back to that age though I didn't do anything that bad, but I definitely was able to get away from the authorities pretty freaking easily. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like when you're that young, you don't, you look like you don't any really other think about kid, you know you the know? repercussions. So the yeah, oh no, 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 not at all. The Good Son was rated R in 1993, and I think also it might have been just like a push to put like Macaulay Culkin in a rated R movie. Like it's like this movie is rated. His, yeah, his the team. first director quit because he didn't like Macaulay Culkin's dad. Oh wow! Uh, really? Because that was like, yeah, yeah. Like he, his dad would, would like forcibly put the family in, and like actually said, "You either cast Macaulay Culkin in this so that you can show the range of my son, right. or I'm pulling him from Home Alone 2. Wow! Which could you imagine that like? The good son has to exist for Home Alone to, 2 to, to make exist. it. Wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, by the way, too, um, the, the funny thing, I don't know why this thought, like, I, I don't know why this popped up, but like, what's up with his haircut in this movie? Like those bowl cuts back then for those kids. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, yeah. like oh, both of them. Lord. I don't know why I thought about it because like Kevin actually like is so like, it's just look wise. I guess they decided so differently, but yeah. I don't know, man. Also, I think it's rated R, too, because, like, they show a freaking kid, like, splattered on a rock at the end of the movie. Oh, dear that Lord. Away, so I that, think, true. Okay, that ending scene. Yeah. 
Probably okay. Probably my. I hate how this movie begins and ends. So really? okay. First of all, I I do too, but probably not in the same way that you do, Rob. I don't like that. Ooh, I want to hear yours. I don't like that opening and closing scene where he's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, like, desert, what the yeah, hell yeah, yeah, is this? A pre- is this literally a precursor to Lord of the Rings? I, I mean, I I forgot <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, wait, am I? Did I rent the right movie? Like, I yeah. was like, I was like, yeah. I was wondering at first. I was like, this doesn't thing. feel very northeast. Exactly. And then I was like, oh no, 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 that's right. It starts in Arizona. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he's just by himself in the middle of the desert. Like, why? I think that's a '90s motif where, like, it was right? the typical helicopter shot, like. Like watch any music video from the nineties. Oh God, and Limp Biscuit, uh, Limp Biscuit, uh, Mission <laughs> Impossible too. Like that was early two thousands. But, but still I know why you want to hate me. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, re- okay, real quick. When we are at the like funeral scene at the beginning of this uh-huh. movie, yeah, and and Mark's dad, Elijah Wood's dad, is talking to someone. Yeah, about how. Mark should go stay with the family for two weeks while this Tokyo deal closes. I love it's always a deal in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. But like, is that the same? Yeah. Because uh, his hair is totally different. I think it right? is. I'm pretty like, sure his it's hair his is like a. It's Henry's dad. Yeah. Yeah, it's Henry's dad. Yeah, why? When they get to the East Coast, yeah. Henry's dad has like bleached frosted tips on his hair that I did not notice in that first scene. I was like, who is this guy? I don't remember. I I don't even notice that too, but I'm not, maybe, maybe not. Uh, It could just be me and it could just be the time I was watching this. Listeners, prove me wrong. It was probably the lighting. Uh, Was it the lighting? Yeah, it probably was the lighting, quite honestly. I I was going to ask though, because I distinctly remember things about this movie when I first watched it and like my second time watching it, which was a couple of years ago that it was just running on HBO and I was like, oh shit, yeah, the good sound. Uh-huh. Let me watch this. Um, when Henry and uh, Mark are hanging off the cliff and, and the mom's got them and he's like, mom, I need your other hand. I thought I remember him distinctly reaching up one hand to her, like take my other hand and while he said that, but I didn't see that in this cut. And I remember that that was such a thing that like, when I watched it the first time. Yeah, I think time. you're uh I think you're thinking of scary movie two. <laughs> my strong <laughs> hand. Take use my, my good hand. hand. You're gonna fall unless you take my hand. No, give me your other hand. Oh my other hand isn't strong enough. You take my little hand. No, get it away from me! Break it! No, but really, like I remember because my cousin and I talked to my strong hand. Now that's all I'm thinking is like the nub coming up. <laughs> No, but Chris like, Elliott. We, we uh, talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't remember that. I, I think, I mean, this played out. I don't remember that specific of a detail, so I didn't have a thought like that when I was watching this. This ended the same way. No no Mandela effects for me. Yeah, no, I just remember that my cousin and I talked about it. It's like, oh my God, look, he's like reaching up so that he she like lets the other guy go. And I was like, wait, why didn't I see that here? Like, it Well, that mm. kind of does happen. Not like, incredibly dramatic like right. close up on the hand right but he does have both hands clasped to hers yeah whereas mark only has the one. the one that's what i mean like i thought at one point he's got both hands and he does reach out with one like be like like mom take my hand mm-hmm. take my hand mom like 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 he's like i need uh, your other but, but he yeah. says it he says it but 
Like no, he, in this in this cut, he just says, "I love you." Don't you love me, Mom? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, something yeah. Like that. It's like evil, Ugh. evil kid thing. Yeah. This is the second time that Elijah's wood has been has been saved from falling off a cliff. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird how both of these movies have a forbidden ring. Also, I will say that cliffside is just awesome. It's it's it that scene beautiful. is just terrifying, but beautiful. Yeah, it's so distinct to me, and the kids fighting and all that stuff. And then, like, I just I remember when I first saw it, and she like lets him go, and you actually see him fall, yelling his home alone. Ah! You know, like it's like yeah. the same scream. I was kind yeah. of horrified. I was, I was like, horrified Whoa! too. I was very horrified with that. Yeah. Like that was, but it was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Is that? It, yeah, it's the most distinct. It's, it's the most distinct. I mean, like, well, you know, you have like uh, Henry looking out down the hallway at his mom, and his mom's like, "Go to bed, Henry." Yeah. He's like, "Where like, again? Where are the parents? Same She's not kid. gonna." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's the kid from the Omen. <laughs> I do remember distinctly also like the scene that sticks out too is when he throws Connie to uh, the thin ice as well, which is another interesting sequence. Yeah. yeah, that's that's. There's a lot of good set pieces and sequences in this movie. Yeah. Um, but actually, before I go on, we should take a break and we'll come back with final thoughts. How about that, guys? Sounds good. We're back. It's Magical at the Movies with Rob and Rob. Um. Guys, final thoughts of The Good Son. I was just going to say that so much of this movie is good, son. Like, it's <laughs> you want you want to watch it. Um and and like you want to be like, "Oh shit, this scene with the, you know, the dog or the car pile up or just Macaulay Culkin being creepy." But then it gets like bogged down with like everything in between that or the less creepy like just give me the good creepy right. not like the good and the kind of creepy and the whatnot mm-hmm. so i f- just feel like this movie needs a once over like someone needed to take a red pen to a few pages of it because like what you were saying earlier peter the uh you didn't like how it began and ended with him like standing on the cliff and that maybe that wasn't me no that is is exactly what i didn't like yeah like I agree. I, I didn't need the like, and and one day I, I I may never know why she chose me over Henry. It's like, no, yes, you do. Henry was evil and killed people. And tried to kill like, his mom. Like, she and, knows. And tried she to tried to, kill to fucking like, kill me. Yep. There is no question. Like, why tack that on? It just seemed like like I like someone someone gave me a decent movie and then and then dumped a bunch of like NutraSweet all over it to be like, ah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's it was like, oh, sweet. it wasn't really bad, that bad guys. And by the way, yeah. what happened with the authorities? Like there's a whole other movie after this. No yeah, shit. Like, like why aren't detectives investigating why a kid fell over a cliff? You know what I mean? Like, right? like here's the, here's the thing with me. My final thoughts with this one would be, and I'll agree with you guys on the ending. Like, I didn't need the freaking 90s video helicopter shot of him debating yeah. whether or not. I do think that it is more interesting money, to problems. think about. And I would have explored that concept differently, whether, like, if the mom could do it. I mean, because at the end of the day, when the, when she finds out that, she, that Henry killed Richard, she's very hurt because she's been coping with this death for a while. She's been blaming herself. And now she finds out her eldest son killed it. 
And she's like, we'll she's get you help. Gaslit for the last three years. Exactly. Like, like she's got to be like, she's like, and she says it will get you help. Like, I mean, like what parent wouldn't be like distraught, but like, they're like, no, like my son like is damaged. Like there's something going on yeah. here. Like I yeah. got Right. And then at the end, she's facing. But I'm this, still a parent. Right. She's still a parent. And at yeah. the end, she's facing this choice of like this nephew of hers she hasn't seen in 10 years and her son. Mm-hmm. Right. That like is. So she sees every day. And she decides to. Damn, dude, like to drop your kid, no matter how evil he was or whatever. Like, like that's that's a that's a decision. That's a commitment. Yeah. So I think that was an interesting concept. I think it was just poorly executed in that end. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, lastly, I will say just. For me, The Good Son is just one of those movies where everybody should watch it, you know, because it, it does express a different range and tone of what we're used to seeing Macaulay Culkin when he was a kid acting in. It really broadcasts the range of Elijah Wood, who's also great in it. Like, you're like, yeah. wow, there's no wonder this kid was, you know, a great actor, like, even from the beginning, you know? Uh, and I think he did play Huck Finn, by the way, at some point. I think I remember yeah. him for being a Huck Finn. So, yeah, I think so. too. Um, but uh, at the end, you know, I love the tone of this movie. I like the visual look of it. It's just a creepy, different tone. Like, I love the setting of it all. So, like, for me, like, it's a movie that I, I enjoy, uh, despite it being uh, terrible and, you know, a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> lot of deaths. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is something that's really important that we find on this podcast all the time is that, like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a prestige movie to be an enjoyable movie. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I saw a quote from Paul Rudd, uh the guy he created that show Love on Netflix. I don't know if I enjoyed that show. It. I enjoyed that show. Yeah. Yeah. He tweeted something cuz you know we're recording this on Oscar night. Um that he's like if he's like if 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 your movie enjoyment is or quote all leads up to Oscar night then you might not actually enjoy movies. And I was like, that is so true. It's very interesting. You can enjoy all of those things, but your whole path to movie watching can't be directed to one award show. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. That's Um, very interesting, though. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I uh, encourage everyone to go watch Love on Netflix. It's three seasons and over. You don't have to worry about anything else. Pretty good. Great. Um, You guys have any other thoughts? I've just been rambling. Oh, no. I mean, like, you know, um, this movie kind of, you know, I liked it. I love the tone. I love the setting and I love the look, but it left me a little confused. You know, it it really did. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got to say about it. I mean, I I wanted to take this whole this this uh, this episode in a whole different direction but i was just like i wouldn't know how to you know do a pull of valerian on it and i wouldn't but i wouldn't know how to fix this particular movie you know maybe we need to do one of those weird episodes is us pitching the sequel and whatever the sequel oh dear lord i mean there's no how are you gonna pitch a sequel to it i don't know i i enjoyed it for what it was just put that way guys yeah um you know, we're talking about a movie about kids behaving a certain way and parents or whatever. I'm sorry. I just came across this meme and I have to share it because oh, I no. feel like you guys are going <laughs> to laugh hysterically. So have you ever been in a position when you guys were young and you were watching a movie with your parents and a sex scene came on? <sighs> oh, dear Lord. And it's just oh, the no, never. awkward situation ever. Well, this meme says this because we're talking about movies and you mentioned a quote from Judd Apatow. So I feel like this is a relevant thing to say right now, even if it has nothing to do with the movie we just reviewed. If you're ever watching a movie with your parents and a sex scene comes on, give it a second look. Uh, give us give it a second look. Then look at your parents and say, 
is this the kind of filth you two are into? Yeah. Disgusting. Ah! You've just changed the balance of power forever. Wow. That's amazing. So now, That's amazing. Oh my God. When I read it, I was just like, that's so true though, man. Like, you could make them never want to watch that with you ever again. <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, another piece of advice I learned uh, recently related to that, Rob, yeah. is that if you ever get anyone that texts you, we need to talk, you text them immediately back, yeah, we do, just so that they're put on their heels. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wow. Good stuff, guys. Well, that. there you go. We'll leave you with some parting philosophical knowledge. <laughs> uh, just, you know, this isn't just tapered to uh, movies and the good sets. <laughs> Absolutely. Rob, you take well, I do. Thank you. Uh, for Rob Federick and Peter Madrigal, I have been Rob Schulte, and this has been magical at the movies with Rob and Rob. We will see you next episode. Bye-bye. Woo! Magical at the movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.